This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Book another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, uh, Cedric S. Bed Sump. Now, Cedric's been in the galley this week, in the sub. He's been doing a lot of work with recipe gin eats and cooking up some magnificent meals for the whole crew. But that's S. Ben Sump, A.O. Torching the Blindside Blue Paper once again. Uh, yes, uh, that is the sound of something that camped in the Bludging on the Blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia, welcome to Bludging on the Blindside HQ, opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week went too much for his belly enough. And look, so much excitement, unbelievable excitement. Can I use the word unprecedented excitement? But before I get to that, it was a hot week. It was unprecedented heat. In fact, as I understand it, not only did we have the hottest day ever, that is the world, this planet we live on, had the hottest day ever. It had its hottest week ever. So that's got to be something to celebrate. I'm not sure why we celebrate it, but it would be great. Big issues hit the fan when the jelly leaked and blew the double padlock door off the metal donger. It was so hot, we had to do something, so we blew the doors off it just to cool down and have a laugh. Now, Australia, the blindside greets you again with the word Ubuntu. That's the word that sums up the spirit of rugby league in season 2023. And there are suggestions that New South Wales Blues, guided by Freddie Fittler, remember him, could out-Ubuntu the Maroons on Wednesday night. Now, look, I'm not completely fluent in uh, your Southern African languages, but uh, the idea is is that uh, Ubuntu stands for everything that's great and good about playing sport and even greater if you're a Blues, as in New South Wales supporter, Wednesday night. I think it... Needs another word there to really solidify its Australian context, as in, ooh, bloody Buntu, might be a better way of expressing it. So if Fred can, ooh, bloody Buntu, the, Mar- the blues home, everybody be, well, south of the tweed, that is, will be grinning Wednesday night. Now, before opening the record book on round 18, I think it was, or maybe round, oh, we're up to round 19, round 18 last week, Dancing with the Stars. Now, it's the show that's having its best season ever. Uh, Aussie greats doing the tippy-tappy work and the odd dipsy-doodle around the back door. Sadly, on the dance floor this week, in the satin and uh, obviously under the mirror ball with the glitter, etc. the hero of pork, fork and the cravat, Matty Preston, did an ankle early attempting a grand jeté in a hip-swivelling, low-to-the-ground, eye-popping twist routine and had to hand Gavin Wanganine the round in a walkover. I've never seen this happen before. Um... Uh, Obviously, uh, there was tears on the dance floor once the walkover being announced. Everybody got on, seemed to get on pretty well with each other. Isn't isn't the hawk and the the hawk fork and pork man great? And Gavin, you're terrific too. And aren't our partners great, etc. So it was all great all round. But sadly, there was no more. You know, Matty pressing the show. Uh, Matty was pretty rueful as he strapped on the ice to the sprain when he was quizzed by. Daryl, who took a leaf out of Hames' book and said, take us through it, he just said, yeah, no, Daryl, that's dancing. 
I couldn't, I couldn't do better than that, honestly. He's buggered his knee, can't, doesn't know when he'll be able to stand up. Will he be able to tie the cravat? Questions yet to be answered. Yeah, no, Daryl, that's dancing. Now, back to the uh, probing results uh, in round 18. Big numbers to begin with. Who saw these incredible pick the score special happening? <coughs> Look, on a chance, I, <coughs> excuse me, took a throw at the stumps and got them. Uh, now, remember last week we broke the news that St George were aspiring to elevate themselves to the NRL basket case level. Well, this week, two more sides were keen to clamber on board the artisanal locally sourced inner west wickerware. How else do you explain Cowboys 74, Tigers nil? How else can you possibly explain that than other we want a bit of what St George has got? You know, a taste of the cane. Now, sadly, after that, a number of people, well, did the right thing took a short walk, never to be seen again at Tiger Town. The game went from end to end. This is the Cowboys v. the Tigers, 74-0. They went from end to end for 80 minutes. The first 40, it was all down the city end of the Queensland Country Bank Stadium. It was all down that end. And in the second, it was all up the Wally Tallis Way end of the uh, stadium. Terrific. They just didn't go end to end, you know, within the 40 minutes. They just camped up there, stayed up there, looked pretty good. And so they thought, oh, well, bloody hell, we might as well stay here. Then the 14th place Knights... Kicked out the struts from under the 15th place Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. So that's 14th place, 15th. You can't get any more tighter than that. Tune 66 nil. I mean, the dogs are the Oracle's team. I hope there'll be a report after the end of the season, as in 2023, the dog season, written by Gus Gould. Now, it could be an A4, you know, blank exercise book with nothing in it, but I'd still like to see it. I don't want to be robbed yet again. And Gus uh, took bullets for the coach Serraldo post-Hooter after the predictable press pile-on. I mean, let's face it, the rugby league press doesn't have many questions to answer or ask or answer with the score is 66-0, just simply what went wrong. <laughs> it wasn't us out there, that'll do. That's rugby league. That's footy. Incidentally, is the NRL basket big enough for these all these teams who want to clamber on board the basket case end of it? Or are we going to have to tack on a wicker-woven willow clothes basket for the latecomers in season 2023? I mean, these are questions that, you know, Abdo and Valendis have to answer. Origin, remember that comp? Well, it's actually still going on. And fascinating to tackle Freddie's thought processes at the selection table heading into Origin 3 Wednesday night. Remember the word Ubuntu? If you go, just get together with your mates and start shouting it. I think it could get the Blues home. Ubuntu. Uh, Now, uh, his thought process at the selection table heading into Origin 3, get this. He was thinking that the Blues weren't that far away in Origin 2. I asked to ask, you know, is somebody swinging the, you know, moving the swinging watch in front of you, Freddie? Or is that you in there? <laughs> now, the team just needed seven changes to prevent us clean sweep, according to uh, Freddie, i.e. that close, but we had to change, well, virtually half the team. We threw them out and got others. I'd hate to think what his selection policy if he thought New South Wales didn't stand a chance. Anyway, call me Gagai, but the name Damien Hardwick is the name Damien Hardwick. And I, I let that settle there the name Damien Hardwick, because a lot of people will be shocked. They'll think, who who am I talking about? I'm talking about the former Richmond coach. Is his name too left field to be considered as the New South Wales Blue coach should the Trodden Commission, which is going to have to be a Trodden Commission after this fiasco, decide to move on to greener pastures after Wednesday night? One thing about the Tigers man, Dimmer, is he is available. And that's that's where we're in trouble. 
We've got so many great coaches, but none of them want to do it for the obvious reason, and none of them are available. I did see Sam Burgess mentioned as a name this week. I thought, why not Kevin Sheedy? I mean, you could do a lot worse than Sheeds. I mean, at least he knows where the Giants uh, clubhouse is. That'd be a real start. Now, uh, AFL, and recently I alerted footballers to the uh, looser short that was the current craze with all players. I might have cited a match in which Collingwood uh, featured in a, a short-removing exercise, and uh, I think now it's gone too far. The fat short syndrome is a revealing way to, well, it's a revealing way too much. Several times a game now, Australia sees the buttocks exposed to players who probably didn't want their buttocks exposed at all. The crowd is getting plenty of looks. Thanks very much, BT. Plenty of looks. Uh, the trend needs to be stamped on. Sickos, pervs and weirdos are the only people now going to the games. Maybe that's what the murderer wants, a bum reveal legacy. It's his go, a bum reveal legacy. Be typical murderous stuff. Speaking of underwear, the Matildas have been banned from wearing their rainbow-coloured LGBTQI plus wristbands by FIFA in the looming World Cup. Starts Thursday week, remember? And they're not allowed to wear rainbow-coloured numbers on their shirts, which I thought was a terrific solution to this conundrum that FIFA have. Well, how about rainbow-coloured underwear? Hidden by the short until the timely reveal. It'll send FIFA crackers, but get a message across in the most arresting fashion. Now, boxing, and very sad news this week that the punching primary school teacher, Jeff Horn, is hanging up the gloves. The man who electrified the Australian fight scene has done enough and uh, wants to get back to the chalk scene. That is the chalk and, you know, hey, you kids, look here, open your books on page three. Who's that name? Horn? That's me. Now, Horn paved the way for greats like Gallon, Mooney, Hannant and Hodges, and the list goes on. He just opened the doors for so many of the DC fans to clamber aboard that wickerware. Now, the man of feathers, Peter Valandis is in Vegas hoping to book the MSG Dome for the Say G'day Gala events connected with the doubleheader on March the 2nd. Now, on the bill, well, this is a continuing part of national conversation. I think the last time I addressed this with the uh, Bludge people, we had uh, the Russell Crowe Orchestra under the baton of Russell Crowe. We had Shannon Knoll and the Slim Dusty Songbook. But I think we could go a bit further than that if we wanted to. I'm sure I, I haven't thought about machinations in a hundred years, but I'm just wondering if they could be available to play. Or I did see Pseudo Echo had reformed and were going around. I mean, Pseudo Echo and machinations, Russell Crowe and the songbook. I mean, it's all starting to sound pretty good. It's an 18,000 seat theatre, 18,000 seat theatre. It costs 2.3 billions. A billion. It's got a video screen all the, on the outside, which could show matches uh, to get the message across that we're in town and we play rugby league with no helmets, no pads. Remember that? And uh, you too apparently are going to open it uh, <clears throat> this September. Maybe September the 23rd might be the date for people to be heading over for the opening. And I think Volandis is uh, talking to you two's people about staying on uh, until uh, March the 2nd next year and doing something with rugby league songs, you know, this is our house, uh, what's my team, all that sort of stuff. They'd do a special night of rugby league songs. Don't know how that'd go. It sounds like a, on paper, it sounds great. Now, snippets of international news as part of the 4th of July celebrations. Sydney cider James Webb put away 47 hot dogs in a thrilling hot dog munch-off. It was a PB for the kid, but Webb aimed for 50 dogs. He fell short by three. You count them. Sadly, he was unable to chew uh, in the lead-up to the bout due to a nasty case of gastric. Well, it can happen at that level, you know, where you've got 50 dogs, you know, in front of you staring at you saying, come and get me. You think about the gastro afterwards or before, and you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And what about stage five of the Tour of France? Jai Hindley takes out the stage and yellow jersey by 45 seconds. Whoa, whoa. 
Cadell Evans, here we come again. Uh, sadly, things didn't go too well for our plucky uh, Jai. Uh, stage six, the wheels fell off. I don't mean that literally. They just metaphorically fell off. I was taken by an interview with his dad, obviously interviewed by Haim, who said, you know, Jai Hindley, Dad Hindley, take us through it. Uh, he said the kid had started riding the bike at the age of six, was on the velodrome at seven, and the velodrome was about three or four hours away from where they lived. And in the back, the only thing that uh, Jai had looked at were videos on his DVD player of Tour of France. That's how you become great. That's how you become, that's what you need. You know, we're all too old to take up anything like that. You've got to start early. And that news, cricket. Just one word, and I've said way too much already, haven't I? I don't think I need to go on. And haven't nine done a great job with this second test, third test, fourth test? Oh, Lord, where do we start? Now, telling you something you already know, the in-out man, Nick Kyrgios, is out of Wimbledon. It was a twist on the wrist this time that pulled the curtain down on a number one. Many bludgers suggested the champ play with the wrist that still worked. He bellowed from the back of the huge as he headed off up the road from SW19. He said, no, HG, I don't want to go out there and look like a clown. Fair enough. That's tennis. And the old gold fruit and nut are in action against South Africa at the special family time of, wait for it, 1.05am Eastern tonight. That's right. The special family time of 1.05am. They could have played at 8 o'clock or even 4 o'clock for the kids, but no, they chose 1.05am. Australian families, they're thinking of you. And speaking of big ones, the netball final tonight... It's been a very difficult season for netball. We've covered a lot of it here on The Bludge. It's the Adelaide Thunderbirds versus the New South Wales Swifts, a team from Adelaide and a team from Sydney. But wait for it. It's going to be played in the John Kane Arena. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, the T-Birds beat the Swifts in the semis and obviously the Swifts will be hoping to turn the tables on the T-Birds this evening. And in late uh, news, this has just come through as we've gone to air, referee invective. Remember there was a trouble with some, uh, I think, Reese Walsh got into trouble with, uh, and then at the tribunal, the words were repeated again. While the uh, Commissioner Abdu has approved these terms uh, for the rest of the season in 2023. Toxic salmons is okay. Brazilian fire ants is okay. And wait for it, curl grub has got the knot. Curl grub. So if you want to address the referee, hey, you curl grub, get him back, etc. That's the way to do it. Uh, it's great to have clarity and certainty, especially when the language uh, in approaching the ref. Now, to get the blindside barge away from the wall for another week, it's time to ask the man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice who incorporates the ethical obligation is again fully focused on the cost of living crisis that is robbing Australian families of fun and football. That's right, Australian families, you know, look at, the, look at, look at what rugby union, the old gold fruit and nut, they're making families stay up until one o'clock in the morning to have a look at their rubbish. What am I telling you this for? The prices have gone berserk and Australians are living a nightmare. A quick scan, incidentally, of prices suggests that sanity is finally returning to the returning to the blueberry market, and not before time. I did see some at the pricey XE end of five dollars a punnet this week. With this simple summary of the week's events from the supermarket coalface, the voice demonstrates his love. That's right, his love and affection for all Australian families and the respect for Aussies waddling through the valley of death that is baked into his spray. That's certainly baked into his spray. His respect, R E S P E C T. Roy of Hope, 
Get it? Roy of Hope belongs to the Activated One rampaging Roy Slavin, who is the best in the business, always gets the job done, no doubt about it, outstanding, and he's super excited to be here. Uh, Roy, how about Rugby League? Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick. Simon O! Yes, thank you very, very much, uh, H.G. Nelson, and of course, happy Rugby League to uh, you and your uh, your family, and uh, happy Rugby League to all decent salt of the earth. No big tickets. Quiet Aussies. Who really are the backbone of the nation when I think about it. And who go about their business with a quiet assurance and tremendous competence. Just outstanding Australians. And you know who you are. And we know who you are. Outstanding. And we're here for you. Now, Bearstow, the Bearstow incident. Okay, with Kerry, the stumping. All right. Look, we've just got to put it in context. Quite famously, the great W.G. Grace refused to accept LBW. Refused. As he said to the umpire, people have come to watch me bat. They've just come to watch me bat. I'm not going for that. Refused to walk. Batted on. So uh, laws were then needed to be, uh, you know, codified. And so the Marylebone Cricket Club put together a set of laws, rules, and uh, the umpires make decisions about these things. Now, I think the reaction we've seen in England um, with batsmen getting stumped, well, they're stumped if they're careless. Uh, we're always taught to stay in your crease until over is called. Uh, the reaction is really a sort of post-Brexit one. Busted-ass people behaving in a busted-ass way. All we can do is be a little sympathetic. Mm, to That's all. Asses. That's all. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Now, there's excitement building for the Matildas, of course, in the World Cup. I just hope the uh, ticketing doesn't descend into a fiasco, as it often can. I know I've secured a few tickets. Uh, HG has as well. I just hope uh, decent, ordinary, uh, level-headed, hard-working Australians have access to tickets the same as everyone else does. What makes you think they won't? Well, I'm just concerned, HG, that we're going to see, as we've seen in the past, uh, vacant seats, vacant boxes uh, held by corporate types who don't bother to turn up. Mm. That's what gets mm. right up my nose. You know, gather around in Adelaide, that's what yeah. happened there. I know, Yeah, they corporate types bought all the tickets and no one could go and see I them. hate that. Yeah. It's un-Australian. Yeah. And Aussies hate it. Decent Aussies hate it. Quite. Uh, now, Ben, speaking of decent Aussies, Ben Simmons, the troubled basketballer, he's turned down an offer to join the Boomers for the FIBA World Cup. Look, I think it would have been the making of him. And I've said so. Uh, he's obviously troubled. You know, he has trouble um, with his free throws, has trouble with all sorts of things at the moment, had back injuries that were imagined. Shoulder injuries that were imagined. Uh, Paddy Mills reached out to him. Everybody reached out to him. But uh, he shunned all that and he's shunned his Australian colleagues, his Australian friends, and he stands alone. Uh, all we can do is offer him support and continue to reach out as best we can. Uh, but I think it's a great shame and he's missed a marvellous opportunity to rejoin the basketballing community and he could have been a person of great hope. And there could have been great hope in him. And I've pointed this out to him and his family that a great opportunity he's let go. Should we put his name down? I just think in we case? should, just in case. 
Now, the uh, Australian uh, women's cricket team, they're in very good shape despite England getting a very, very lucky T20 win. Pull it back. I think I think Australia's winning the Ashes at this stage four points to six. Uh, sorry, uh, four points to two. Um, with uh, there might be only one or two games left yes, I think, to it's play, an odd but it's been a, it's an odd. I, I would have thought the Test match should have been worth more than just two points. But yeah, anyway, that's know, that's just me. That's just me. Uh, anyway, that's the way it is, and they're the rules that we have accepted. Are they accepted by the MCC? I don't know. I no. assume so. The yeah. MCC would have think two points for a test. Yes, and I two think points the, for a test. I think 20. they decided upon it. Yes, mm. but it had to be agreed upon by the Australian cricketers as well. So Fair equally enough. to blame. Equally to blame. Now, Roger Federer, what a magic moment it was. Uh, he was given a two-minute standing ovation when he entered the Royal Box. It was a marvellous moment. Um, I think most Australians who were watching, most Aussies, stood up. stood up as well in their lounge rooms. Took I did. their pants off. I don't know about the pants, certainly. Um, I did hear, you know, from next door, belts hitting the floor, so I assume that's what it was. Um, marvellous moment. What a marvellous man. What a marvellous ambassador he's been, not only for uh, tennis, but for Switzerland. You know, we don't often think about Switzerland, and when you do, you think of clocks and chocolate. But these days, uh, and of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, people having to do uh, military training oh, forcefully. Yeah. And tax. And uh, tax, of course, mm. and tax avoidance. Oh, yeah. And uh, a banking system that's been exploited by uh, the criminal so criminal culture and criminal classes throughout the world for many, many years. So they're the things we normally think about when we think of Switzerland. As well, of course, as the Matterhorn and uh, snow Lake and Geneva. that sort of thing. Smoke Geneva. on the water. Beautiful. Lake Geneva. Glorious mm. place. But uh, now we think of tennis, of course, and uh, uh, and that's almost solely, well, in fact, it is solely due to the greatness of Roger Federer. Mm. The great Roger. And Martina Hingis, to a lesser extent, I would suggest. Um, but those two really have dragged... Switzerland tennis, kicking and screaming into the 20th century and, did and I indeed see, the 21st century. Did I see Boom Boom Becker lurking about? I don't Boom think Boom Boom has ever been to Switzerland. Oh, I don't know if he's Wimbledon. welcome. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it was Boom Boom at Wimbledon. Well, that's I thought he was asking. in jail. Well, so I was was he given day release? I think so. I suppose he might have been. He wouldn't have been in the Royal Box, though. No, true. I don't think so. And I don't think he would have got two minutes standing ovation. I don't think so. No. Uh, he might have got, uh, I don't know, maybe... I noticed in the West Terrace with the uh, English when they uh, received the Australians onto the park, took their shoes off I know. and hurled them in the air or waved them about. I assume that would uh, happen to Boris Becker. Should he? I, I think that's right. Should he stray towards the Royal Box? All the shoes would come up. Uh, now the demon, speaking of Wimbledon, is gone. God Almighty, he was blown away last night by some uh, Italian fellow. Uh, yes, yes, a very lively. Baronetti or someone like that. <coughs> Haven't seen him much before, but he seemed a very, very competent player. And God Almighty, hasn't there been a revolution in uh, Italian, Italian tennis? tennis? When did that happen? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're looking at it now. There it is. Terrific serve. Very hard to read his serve. Uh, he can go either way without changing uh, his motion at all, which made it very difficult for uh, the demon. Um, so very sad to uh, see the demon was gone. Was the demon last of our, the last of oh, our hopes? Pretty close, yeah, yeah, pretty close. Sad, of course, without the special K's being there, as HG mentioned uh, earlier, without Nick there with his busted wrist and uh, busted hip and busted knee. Uh, I don't know how much more of uh, Nick we're going to see down the track. I, I don't want to you know, talk him down at all. He's a marvellous fellow, marvellous for tennis, great for Australian tennis. 
He's lifted Australian tennis. Obviously. Out of the doldrums. Out of the doldrums. Yeah. Of course he has. Yeah. Um, we wish him all the best. Uh, I just hope he gets medical treatment. I know he refuses to uh, have a coach. Uh, my understanding is he refuses to see anyone with any medical degrees at all. Mm. He has no trust, no faith in the system. I say, get real, dude. How about uh, Riyadh? Is that going to be a bridge too far for him, do you oh, think? Oh, no, I think he'll go to Riyadh because you get paid what you deserve there. Fair dues. Riyadh, they know how to pay. Look at Liv. Now, uh, Carolyn Wozniacki has returned to the ATP tour after bearing two children. You'll recall she won the Australian Open in 2018. And we wish her the very best of luck. It's marvellous to see players coming back. Good to see. And uh, women's tennis has been a bit of an uproar over the last few years. Be good to see a little bit of solidarity and certainty. You know, one, two, three, four, consistency. Yeah, you know no, where you stand. Agree. It's very hard. I found it impossible lately to bet on women's tennis. Mm. It's just been too difficult to pick. Mm. Mm. Too difficult. Mm. Mm. I know you that know. hasn't prevented you. but No, that, no, no. I've had a go, pu- but yeah, uh, no success. Position. Success, nil. I've got to admit that. Mm. You know, I got approached by uh, the current affair. Do I want to come tell my story about losing? I said, no, no, please. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, now, Mitchell Marsh, what a story. Outstanding young man, an outstanding performance from an outstanding cricketing family. There is, you forget, Swampy. Swampy. Swampy Marsh, the original, the best, yeah. you know. Opener for Australia. Sean. Sean, Terrific. Yeah. Well, was the talented one. Yep. Uh, well, I think Mum Michelle was the talented oh, one. Oh, sorry, yes. I think she did most of the coaching of, uh, of uh, Sean and, uh, and Mitchell because uh, Swamp, was always... Swamp was away. Uh, t- on tour. On tour, all the time. yeah. yeah. Uh, terrific family and lovely to see them holidaying. I think they might have been in Bali when they watched uh, when they watched Mitchell bring home that uh, that uh, evenly scored one hundred in a hundred balls, I know, which was just yeah. extraordinary. Incredible. And then to back up with a wicket, I know, it was, uh, incredible. You, you, you rarely get you rarely get days like that. I know, uh, rarely, rarely for an all rounder, it's a dream come true. I mean, it is just magical to watch, and I'm glad a lot of Aussies, a lot of decent Aussies, caring ones. Stayed up and watched. And they've changed their tune about... About Mitchell Marsh and yeah. the whole Marsh family. They're yeah. now seeing them as outstanding Australians. Yeah, they, they, and they are. Up until that hundred. Unarguably. It's unarguable that Mitchell Marsh is an outstanding Australian. And the whole Marsh family should be celebrated. Yeah. And I think they are. Australia. I think Aussies are standing, belts hitting the floor for the Marshes. And it's about time. Outstanding. Now, uh, speaking about standing, and it's not a word we use here lightly on this program, uh, Shane Van Ginsburg wins the Chicago NASCARs. This is incredible. This dude. is an extraordinary yeah. achievement. Yeah. Uh, he's not Australian. He's New, in New, New Zealand, Zealand, of course. But he's sort but, of ours. But he's sort of ours in the same way Russell Crowe sort of ours. Is. Um, so I wish him all the, I mean, I don't hey, get on with great. the bloke at all. We don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Mm. He's a very prickly sort of character. He's not terribly friendly to anyone. Very selfish. Uh, but most car drivers are. Yeah. That comes with be. the turf. You've got to be. Yeah. You've got to be. It's just you out there. It's and just you and, and a car and nothing else. And hate. That's it. That's it. But to dominate, uh, to take the Americans on at their own game and beat them and make them look stupid... That was a great achievement from uh, someone who could call. We could call just this week an honorary marsh. Whoa, that's a big that's call. a big call, isn't it? Yes, an huge honorary call. marsh. An honorary marsh, just for a day. <laughs> Wonderful week for the greatest game of all, of course. Um, 
Look, I received a call. Now, this is an interesting story. I received a call from a St. George administrator calling himself Kurt, not his real name. He wants anonymity. He wants anonymity. Uh, And I assured him that I would uh, respect his anonymity and just call him by the pseudonym Kurt. Uh, He said to me that the Gould report was delivered orally and extensive and detailed (coughs) notes were taken by three copy takers. Extensive notes were taken. Right. So I found that a very interesting Interesting. insight insight into Mm. what's going on with the Gould report. Uh, I asked him, was there any opportunity for the public to view this document, the notes. He said they were still being collated, still being organised, and he thought there was very little likelihood that they would ever see the light of day because they were so, quote-unquote, explosive. Right. That's a story. Uh, Now, uh, Blake Laurie is the new Dragons captain, of course. Uh, DeBellin, I think, was dropped as captain. It's kind of worked last night. They came back. They were pretty competitive in the second half, I thought, St George. Uh, So maybe, you know, a corner has been turned and their dream of being a basket case may well be soon realised. We can only hope. Uh, And finally, this is a very, very telling comment. I don't know if you saw it. I did. Freddie Fittler admitted this week that the Blues haven't been playing for the people. What? Yes. Who have the Blues been playing for? I don't know. Not the people. What, Martians? And if you're not playing for the people, you've got to ask yourself, just who are you playing for? You're playing for nothing. And it shows on the park. It shows. Do something, Freddie. Do something. Make of that what you will. After snaring a tight four points in a top-of-the-table clash, do you like to relax with a large one? Why not meet friends and family at the Feathered Trouser Bar? It's a top hole for bludgers on the blind side. Now, people do like to relax, and a lot of people like to relax with a beverage, and Ricky Ponning, uh, the former captain... Uh, like, let's say um, he got 2,476 runs in 35 tests. So he knows how to play cricket. Oh, yeah. But he also knows wine now. Does he's he? He's got his own brand of wine. He's a vigneron. Vigneron. He uh, says having his name on the wine label is selling is a selling point, yeah. but a potential b- drawback. The bigger the challenge we've had is people think it's just another celebrity brand. And this is what we're trying to stress. Yeah. It's not just another celebrity brand. Right. We're fully committed and totally involved in what we're doing, mm. but it's far from that. It's, a, it's the exact opposite. We're not playing the game, a, a T20 game. We're here. We're playing a test match. So it's going to be long and drawn out, slow game at the end. Now, he does a bit of everything. You know, he's in the vat with the grapes. He takes his cricket back in and smashes the grapes up himself. He does the sampling of the brew as it comes along and determines what's going to go to the Riesling or the Claret or the Cab Sav. that's quite a skill. It is. That's an extraordinary skill. It is. Do we know if he's trained or self-trained, HG? I think he's self-taught. Right. Apparently he can learn it fairly quickly off the internet. Right. He said uh, the great thing, though, is get this, Mm. is the silly old Poms, they got the... Uh, well, free trade agreement, which removed tariffs on Australian wine. Yes. So it's dirt cheap. 
Yes. There's no tariff on it right. over there. So his comes in at a terrific price point. Right. From the English point of view. From the English to, point of view. Thank you very much, Tubby Taylor. Now, H.G., <laughs> Where, where's where's he growing? Is it are they well, grown in Tasmania? Tasmania. Or are they they cold, the, well, cold, hang on a cold weather grapes? As I understand it, the majority of winemakers are relocating to Tasmania because of climate change. They are. It's just getting way too hot. It in is. The Hunter and the it is. Uh, you know Tanunder and places yes. like that, Barossa yes. Valley. Yes. So um, <clears throat> he he's hoping he's got to, he's reimagined Riesling. Yes. Uh, he's got a beautiful claret. He's got a terrific Cab Sav. Really? Sauvignon Blanc. He he thinks it's the best that. Anybody's ever made. So he's taken on a number of varieties. Different. Yeah. That now, is extraordinary. When we come to Aussie Joe had his oh, well, own I was just going to mention Aussie Joe. So Merivision. You're correct. So Merivision. But he I don't know red... if Joe actually grew the grapes or whether someone had grapes and said, Joe, how about we put your name on the label? Well, I, I don't know. No, no, no. I accept that. I accept yeah. that. That's very common, of course. Sure. So you Peter Sterling ports and all that sort of stuff in the old day. The, you Doug Wilder's ports. Yeah. Yes. That, that, yeah, yeah. Yes, Doug yeah. didn't make them. Why? No, no, he didn't. They're, they're very collectible. Yeah, some they of them are. Have terrific prices. That's right. Some of them you could buy and sell for about four or five dollars. A lot of people invest their superannuation in those ports. That's right. And remember also that Johnny Quayle, I think the former administrator yes. of rugby league, he uh, quit rugby league and began growing grapes. Did he? I'm pretty sure. He did, knew, did he put anyone's name to them? Or? I don't know. No. You know what I mean like Terry Hill or yeah. something like that? No idea. No right. idea at okay. all. Um, well, but I know d- Brian Schmidt, the uh, Nobel Prize-winning scientist in Canberra. He grows his own grapes. He's a vineyard as well. Right. Seems very popular, doesn't it? See, look, the other thing, it's not as though they don't have great, apropos of uh, punter, yeah. it's not as though they don't have good wines in England. The Night Timber range is terrific. Yes. They do a lovely champagne. Yes. And uh, because of the climate change inching towards right. making well, know, well, grapes there. We're at the stage, actually, where... where Australian wines are the best in the world. Easily, easily. In fact, oddly enough, our whiskey is now the best in the world. They say that the Tasmanian Tasmanian whiskey whiskey is the best in the world. Top five. Yes. As in the top five whiskeys are Australian. Yes. And some of these boutique breweries are doing extraordinary work. And they don't get much acknowledgement at all. No. Do they? Do they ever get ticks in the Australian of the Year? I've I've never heard of such. Now. Well, isn't that great for Ricky Potting? I had no idea. Well, the, 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 with the capacity to produce half a million bottles per year, overseas expansion has always been the goal with two key markets in mind, yeah. the, uh, you know, obviously Britain and the subcontinent. Yes. Now, I didn't realise this, but Delhi Duty Free was uh, stocking five ponding wines. Really? Well, he's got really gone Well, really he would big. have purchased there, being a cricketer, they'd know him. Yes. Well, they know all Australian cricketers They there. do. You know, they know all grade cricketers they almost do. there. Very, very keen on cricket. Yes. I've been willing to do that my whole life. He says a punter needs the Brits to take a punt on him. I've been willing to do that my whole life. I need everyone else to do it with me as well. Yeah. The deal facilitated by Austrade in London means ponding wines will be some of the first to flow through to the UK following the Australia-UK knocking the tax off everything wow. agreement. Is that, is that what they're called, ponding wines? I think that, yes, as I understand okay. it's ponding. But they obviously there's a lot of... Descriptive stuff on the bottom. Sure, of course, the there fruity, would be. Lexia, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, yep, 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 yep. oaky and all comes that with a yeah, 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 a lot of, of that's right, blackberry you know, notes and, and all that sort of stuff. And grip flavourings yeah, and all right. that sort of stuff. Got it. Yep. <laughs> now, it's partly due to the pandemic. The UK launch has been slow progress up until now, but now it's really gone. Mm. His wines will retail about double that of the average uh, of what the average Brit finds on the supermarket shelf. Right. But the yellow tail there's uh, seven pound twenty five. Uh, that may be because it's sixteen came, bucks. That's it about what in, it sells here. Maybe because it came in before the oh, knocking off the tax. Maybe. 
Jacob's Creek, yeah. a store work there about twelve pound. Any well, super- that's twice as much as you'd pay here. Now, any supermarket you go into UK, you find exact brands. I've been walking in summer stores just to see what's on the shelf. This is Punda. Yeah. And those brands are front and centre in the ones you notice. Right. Now, he says the Tasmanian, the Tasmanian, the Punda, attributes his early drinking habits to his wrong sides of the tracks housing commission upbringing. Yes. It was very much a beer and barbecue family environment that I had mum and dad were never drinkers, but his wife mm. changed all that. The first few dates he went on, I was buying ex- expensive bottles of wine trying to impress her. Ah. Like Matisse Rosé or something like that oh, or Blue Nun. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, yes. things, those popular vet sure, brands. Sure, sure. And then I started to enjoy and that's when the whole journey yeah. began. I love the story journey there. Mm. Now, the journey culminated in the couple's venture into winemaking, which they launched three and a half years ago. I had no idea. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? It's a really feel-good story to set against the rubbish this week that has been cricket. I know. I know. And this has all been going on because... That's the sort of story that puts a little skip in Aussie steps, doesn't it? Could you see Haim doing something on that time? I'd love Haim to tease out something from Punter. I mean, different network, of course, but... uh... It could be a reach out exercise. Of course. Careful supervised gambling in schools? Only the rugby league party is putting our kids first. Ah, yes. <laughs> now. I don't know if you saw that vision of uh, Steve Smith and his bat collection, Roy. It was uh, really He has about 25 bats and can identify them blindfolded. Indeed. And Mm. there's a lovely uh, vision on YouTube of him selecting with the underpants on the head as the blindfold and stuff like that, selecting the ones he uses. For uh, practice. Practice. Yeah. Yeah, He he thinks he might use this one in the middle at one point. Now, am I right in thinking you used to be able to tell a lot about students that you played with? Oh, yeah. Similarly? Oh, this yeah. one you scored two tries with. That's this one right. was used at Orange Seas. Yeah, when you won. It's, it's funny. It's a sort of sense memory you never forget. Um, and uh, I remember uh, finding a ball, or a ball was shown to me uh, about 30 years after an event. Uh, Kitty came up with a ball. He was playing with it in the backyard. I said, where'd you get this ball from? And he said, oh, it was given to me by my dad. And his dad used to play with me. And... Uh, I could remember that ball. I could remember scoring with that ball. Uh, it still felt the same. All the memories came back. Um, so I gave it back to him and I told him the story and then he went and told his dad. Dad came out and he remembered the, the, the story as well. And uh, so it was, it was a lovely bonding thing. And, the, and the, the little fella felt he had a little piece of history at his hands. Isn't that great? Which he did. Which he did, yeah. You, you do remember a lot of those things, HG. You do, you do. Uh, I mean, I've spoken to swimmers who can recall very much the the part of the tile where they touched touch the wall. And broke the world record. And broke the world record. Yeah. And they, they, they have the feeling of that tile. I mean, you could blindfold them, put them in the water, and they'd find that piece of tile. It's an extraordinary thing. Yeah. These things. I, I don't know how it works. There's something almost quasi-mystical about it. No, no, I could well believe that. I mean, well, Almost I, spiritual. I, it makes you believe in a sort of spiritual domain. Well, beyond. Yes, yes, if you think about it too seriously, which you shouldn't. Yeah, the thing is that it is Spookaloo. Spookaloo, Smith, thanks. Yeah. Sm- Smith and all these bats, and yeah. he was describing this is the one that I practiced sure. with. This is bat number 21. Yes. How does he – well, that just defies logic. Yeah. Uh, just, but I saw it as an entire con job, actually, because no one backed it up and said, let's go through it again and see if there's any consistency. I right. think he just made it up as he went. 
Oh, no, you know, it was just a that. showbiz thing. Yeah, I'm you know, sure funny, it is. sure. But Steve's a bit of a, you know, he's he, like he, that. He understands show business. Yeah, that's right. That's more why than he, most. He, he, you know, Ricky Potting wines, Steve Smith showbiz. Yeah, I mean, there, there it is. And I think there was a bit of a send off last night. Was yeah. it? See you later, Smudge. Oh, you know, a bit of badinage. I oh, think it was Besto getting involved again. Oh, and, okay, that'd be right. Uh, you and know, a lot probably of probably Broad. Broad would get involved. He's yeah, become a what clown. Are you looking at? All that sort of stuff. What a clown. One thing. One thing I was going to ask Roy was the altar wine uh, that Grassy used to work with. Did yes. that ever get uh, marketed? Because that would be a uh, an idea that. Uh, well, it was marketed HG illegally by uh, by certain altar boys who were uh, nicked it. Yes, and uh, there was. It was described as being either super or standard. If it was blessed, it was super and was worth more. And if it was just taken out of the cupboard uh, and uh, put in a bottle and sold, it was standard and a fair bit cheaper. It was a sherry, basically. A sherry? Yes, yes, a sherry. So every now and again, sometimes before a game of rugby league with the kids was very, very cold, we'd have a sip of sherry, warmed us up. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we felt, you know, if it was super that someone had, we felt uh, it gave us that little bit of edge as we went out because uh, we we, we had something of significance inside our system. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, uh, clientele who mainly bought this wine, (laughs) is (laughs) largely same age? (laughs) Yes, same age, yes. Yes, it was very much a uh, sort of second form, third form or, you know, 12, 13-year-old sort of thing to do. Uh, Once you got 15 or 16, it seemed... You, you took you, well. You took things a little bit, bit more seriously yes. in terms of uh, the order and the honesty of the sacristy. But uh, prior to that, kids just felt well there was an opportunity. You know, here's a bit of wine that the priest blessed. How much is it worth? Well, a fair bit, five pence. <laughs> Slam it shut. The internationally accredited garage door specialists can have your old rust bucket roller off the pegs and on its way to the tip in seconds. Give Brandon the Cheese Smith a ring and have him come around and let you know just how worthless your clunker is. Special blindside discounts throughout November. Uh, now, Roy, the talkback topic of the week. How'd you get on with last week's topic? Uh, should TV presenters stand or be seated? One hundred percent seated. One hundred percent, and that was uh, from all over the country, even mm. South Australia agreed with I, that. I noticed that Hames Network uh, Seven they stand people up a lot too, and they never look completely convincing. Mm. They look as though they're waiting for something to happen. I.e., can we go and sit down now? Yes, that's right. Uh, and that's they right. Go, I think they've got something called on their footy coverage called the Lab that they go and walk in, but there's no seats in there. No, well, it, well, that's hope. It always looks hopeless. People yeah. don't know how to stand. No, that's right. People and, aren't spokesmodels. Remember, spokesmodels learn how to stand. They were how great. To present, they? and it's. How you use your arms, how you use your hands. I know. And you know, these people are untrained. I know, and they seem and they look to, awkward. Are they meant to stand in an arc? Yeah, exactly. They don't know them? what to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. weather people, they're used to standing. In front and of And they've got the little, little button to press yeah. uh, and they've and got they the map gesture and stuff They look like natural when yeah, they're standing. Right. I accept that. I, I don't want a, a weather presenter sitting. It'd be wrong. Yeah. But cricket presenters, sporting presenters should sit down have some notes in front of them. I was just going to say, Ralphie doesn't look too bad because he's got his notes there. Yes. So he can look down at the notes and ask questions, but then they drift off their marks and they, oh, yes. it's just a dog's breakfast. Now, what, what have you got to talk about topic? Talk about topic week? this week, HG, is Sneezeby a clown? 
Yes. Now, Sneesby owns Channel 9. Yeah. He's the managing director of Channel That's 9. That's right. And he refuses to put on Eye of the Storm, That's even though it. they made about They made hundreds of programs. Hundreds. And they're all great, from what I've heard. In fact, I think this one, uh, this week's, they've done a terrific, well, admittedly, it's, you know, the Queensland point of view. Oh, yeah. But the Queensland point of view probes the New South Wales selections. It's fascinating television. Is that right? It would be too. Fascinating. Where it they've gone wrong. Yes. You know, why Adokar should be dropped. Sure. All the big questions are asked and yep, answered. Yep, 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 But then you get, you know, Cam Is the New and, South Wales point of view taken into account, HG? I don't think so, In terms so, of no. Mark Taylor? <laughs> point of view? They have got Mark Taylor as a special guest. Oh, and does he and talk about a Queensland point of view? He and does. from a New South Wales point of view? He, he talks and about... an English point of view? Australian point of view? He, he talks about the Queensland point of view from a New South Wales point, point of view. Point of view. Does yes, he really? Excellent. Excellent. It's first oh, class. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there you are. See? This, uh, the eye of the storm should be... I mean, it's being broadcast on the dark net or somewhere. Where is it, it must being be. broadcast? It must be put up. Do the dark net have logies as well? The, the Darknet Logies. I know. I'm all for that. How do you access it? Is it a special code? or Special you got a code, special yeah. Special codes, all that sort of stuff. Right. I oh, know, it's fantastic. It's, there's a whole mountain yeah. of information and, you know. Right. Sponsored by Bitcoin, I hope. Oh, yeah, Bitcoin, other people Good. like that. You know, people yeah. that don't know what they're doing. Great. At the October meeting, the Reserve Bank of Australia pointed out that many cryptocurrencies are worthless rubbish. But the board gave a big tick to those cheeky cryptos, the Guffo and the Maroonarium. Get the Guffo with a AAA rating and the Maroonarium now with a pay later facility through bludging on the blind side. Yes, welcome back to bludging on the blind side. And if you want to get involved with the uh, program, 0467920222 is the text number. 0467920222. Or if you've got something heavy to say, RoyHG at abc.net.au. And the following people, Roy, have. Yes, just on the text, H. He, uh, just on the text, uh, Joseph from Townsville says, the eye of the storm surely has presenters sitting down. Well, as far as I know. Well, yeah. Uh, yes. yes, yes, yes. The uh, pilot show that we've seen, they certainly well, were. Well, certainly sitting, sitting down. Yeah. Look yeah. very professional yeah. with a desk, notes, yeah. all of that. Look real. Yeah. Uh, and Sneesby should run a gambling show straight after it. Well, of course. Well, what a brilliant set of programming that is. Not a uh, problem with that. No. And uh, someone else is wondering, is it time to honour the Marsh family by naming an outstanding swamp in Western Australia after them, the Marsh Swamp? I assume that's already happened. That, what a great Have idea. To be, yes, yes. The trouble is, the only thing is it's water. Oh, yeah. You know, I wouldn't want in to Western see Australia. It. Yeah, Western it's Australia. Western Australia. It's a bit swamp. Yeah, I mean, what, what are we doing here? Is it going to be permanent water supply yeah. or permanently water? Well, it would have just, to be. But would the local council top it up if we? Well, they'd have to. Yeah, to to guarantee in perpetuity out. that the swamp stays a swamp in honour of the Marsh family. Yeah. Well, I just think it's outstanding family that I, they are. Can I just say it looks cheap if we declare a swamp it does, and, and it's there's dry. no water? In it. Yeah, thank you very much. It just makes us all look stupid. Reduces us as a nation. Oh, it, it does. <laughs> it does. I remember once I think I went to Shenton Park expecting to see water and it was completely oh, yeah. bone dry. Was it really? Yeah, it was a shock. I hate that. Yeah, exactly. I hate that. You know, you expect kids sailing toy boats and all that sort of yeah. stuff and, you know, models with sure. motors in them and all. Although sometimes you can turn these things into an advantage. I remember going to Lake Eyre and it was completely dry. Mm -hmm. And uh, what it gave me the opportunity to do, however, HG, was to look about and uh, have a look to see where meteorites had fallen because you see the displacement in the salt. 
And you can just wander around and pick them up. And pick them up. Wow. It's a great thing. How to lucky do. were you? Very lucky. I, I thought you were going to say you rang, uh, you know, Roscoe McGlashan to come on up and have a crack. Yeah. No. Well, the, well, I, well, that did occur to me, but the the, but the but the, uh, the 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 salt wasn't compacted. Yeah. And, it's, no. Fair enough. You know, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, now we have an email here from Matthew. He says. Uh, uh, has there or happy rugby league? Has there ever been any discussion or proposals on a rugby league entertainment resort park? On a recent trip with the family to Disney World in Orlando, Florida, I found comfort in listening to the Bludging on the Blindside podcast between rides, and it gave him some ideas. Oh, isn't that good? He says, "I know the, there is a push for taking the greatest game of all to the USA via Vegas, but this seems short-sighted." and only targeting the big rollers. Mm-hmm. If the Man of Feathers went the extra mile by working with the Disney and Universal theme parks, he could go beyond the Vegas punters and include the family and kids market, potentially establishing a grassroots platform for rugby league, not only in the USA, but for all its international visitors who go to the USA for the kiddie rides. He's suggesting things like the Ciro Slingshot, the Bozo Burger Bar, the Artie Space Ride, Touchy's Treat... That sort of thing. Well, remember, of course, the Gilmister box was the an, early attempt, box. an attempt to give That's you an right. idea. You could sit in it, and, and when they turned up, <laughs> turned on, yes. and it was as though and Trevor kids would the love axe, that. Uh, Trevor the Axe Gilmister was pummeling you. That's right. That's right. So it's not a bad idea. You could set it to ball and all. Yep. Set it to head high. Yep. Set it to you know uh, cruets only. Cruets. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this comes from Ray and Shell Cove. Ray says, a few weeks ago, you mentioned Coach Bellamy described the Storm's performance as putrid. Yes, he did. That's right, yes. An unusual word. Yes, indeed. In fact, I can't recall any coach using the word. I think we might have said so at the time. Exactly. That's what drew my attention to it. It it, it, putrid. And it's nice to have that in the canon of rugby league. It is. It is. To have that word welcome. It's a tight fit. It's a very tight fit. You know, wait till Stick gets hold of it. Yes, yes. I love new words coming into rugby league. Mm. Well, it makes it living. It makes it it's a living. living. Thank you. Of course, yeah. it's, it's a living just, language. It's yeah. a living game. You know, see, the lad, uh, I think, who said, oh, that's footy. Yeah. I mean, we've heard that a million yeah, times. Yeah, I know. That's putrid. That's putrid. Now Thank I'm sitting you. up. Oh, what exactly. happened? Exactly. Leaning forward. Tell me more. Now, Ray goes on. Now, I'll admit I hate the St. George Illawarra Dragons, which is mandatory for us Sharks members. Oh, yeah. I was fortunate enough to attend the Sharks v. Dragons match Thursday night. This is a couple of weeks back where the Dragons put in a performance which I'm delighted to be able to describe as putrid. (laughs) When the Sharks came into the comp in 1967, I was 12 years old. I've spent 56 years hating the Dragons, and in all that time, I've never been as euphoric as this year with the Dragons anchored at the bottom of the table. I really don't care what happens for the rest of the season, as in the two games against the Dragons, the Sharks have racked up 92 points for... (laughs) and only 24 against. This terrible performance by the Dragons has me basking in the warm glow of a sunny winter's day, the likes of which I've never enjoyed so much. Can we somehow infuse this type of hatred to the New South Wales Blues? I'd be happy to donate blood to the New South Wales players in the hope that they start to hate Queensland like I hate the Dragons. Isn't that a lovely idea and thought? Beautiful idea. The idea that it's in the blood. It's in the so blood. If we, if we take some out of a shark, a, a yes. dragon's hating yes. person, put it into yes. the New South Wales Blues. Yes. Hey, presto, Ubuntu. Exactly. Or, ooh, bloody Buntu. Indeed, ooh, bloody Buntu. Ah, very good. 
this guy's Now, then the basket case. He must be thrilled with the basket case, uh, that mm. last correspondent. Yes, he would. Yeah, mm. yep. Uh, this comes from Stuart in Darwin. Uh, we always welcome. Yes, no, it's good. Correspondence from Darwin. Mm. He says, Happy Rugby League. Mm. Being a resident of beautiful Darwin, we're recently proud to host the Soil Science Australia National Conference. Wow. I didn't know That's about big. this. Uh, the theme for this year was Our Soil, Spirit of a Nation. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Topical. The conference brought together soil scientists, researchers, policymakers, professionals, and the wider soil community to share knowledge. The wider soil community? I know. We'll get to that. And opened with the National, National Soil Judging Competition, which was a fascinating... Blindfold? You, you've got to pick a pedalfa from a pedicole, a loam from Fair a sandy enough. loam, etc., etc. Two wrong sand from, That's say... That's right. Mm. Uh, the bull-eye soil yeah, from... Yeah, you know, There are plenty yeah, of plenty yeah, things plenty of to look at. Oh, yeah. yeah, cops go on forever. It's fantastic to watch. Uh, my question is, though, he says, says uh, Laney from Darwin... My question is, where were the NRL? Surely the NRL soil and grass scientists, if they exist, should have attended such a relevant event and utilised this knowledge to improve NRL grounds, which with Magic Round all but ripping Suncorp apart, this one-off opportunity uh, to prayer for next year has been missed. Yeah. Well, can I just apropos right. nothing... He's right. No, he's right. And com- the NRL should have been there up front asking questions. Yeah, and com- How can we stabilise? Yes. Our soil, our soil plain surfaces. Yes. And get this, of course, cricket, yep. the only good thing going for them is their extensive interest in soils that make pitches. That's right. They don't want it to break up too quickly. They no. don't mind if it breaks up on That's the fifth right. day, etc. where That's everybody right. on the same bat and ball need to be an equal. I mean, look, right. at the t- look at the difficulties. Look That's at the right. difficulties. That's look right. at the tasks they set themselves. That's right. That's right. No. And, of course, it makes me think of punter, you know, the vignerons. The, I mean, the soil is essential oh, so for, for your grapes. The terroir. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. It's yes. hard to get that Tarzan grip note. Oh, out of very any, difficult. Yeah, out doesn't of any It doesn't matter how out. much you put into the soil, it doesn't necessarily transfer. It no, doesn't. indeed. It, it won't come through. Indeed. Because, indeed. Because the roots avoid it. It's as mystical as Steve, mystical, Smith, they, exactly. Steve Smith and his bats. You've got to add it later when it's in the vat. <laughs> now, this comes from Simon. <coughs> mm-hmm. From Valor Beach. I don't know where Valor Beach is. I should know this, but I don't. But I'm sure it's wonderful, Valor yeah, Beach. Yeah, terrific. It'd be wonderful. It's got sand and sea and what more The soils want? you get there. The soil. Yeah. You can grow anything. Mm. This isn't interesting with tomatoes. You can only grow, you shouldn't grow tomatoes two years running because the soil is exhausted. You've got to recalibrate and... Uh, and what's your companion planting crop then? If oh. that's the term, the correct term. Basil? Oh, basil. Okay, that's not bad. And interestingly, they're a companion on the plate. Indeed, they are. They are. Nambucca Heads, it is. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. Valor Beach. Nambucca Heads, wonderful part of the world. You get some beautiful fruit around that area, Mm. don't you? Tomatoes. Isn't Australian fruit the best in the world? Oh, I think so. I I, I don't think you have to debate that anymore. Sure, up until about. Oh, in know, the nineteen seventies and eighties, there were yeah. doubts. Yeah, but I think that left in the by the nineties, we dominated. Well, you know, we won every competition. I know, I know, I know. Now, happy rugby league, says Simon from Valor Beach. These articles draw attention to the long tradition of heavy drinking in achieving rugby league success. 
The first article he cites, uh, Paul Voughton is credited with Maroon's on-field dominance stemming from a three-day-long binge session during camp. Uh, the second article reminds us of Freddie Fittler's own form on the grog back in 2000, described as the drunkest human being ever. <laughs> I think he presented himself to a police station. He was so desperate. He was in the back of a car, I think, and they had to... Was that the Glebe police station? And so. they were shut at the time, so they he were... camped out on the front step until they came home. That's right. Well, he came and to then, work the next morning. Then they carried him in and looked Pretty after him. him. That's right. And oh, I'd was, forgotten that, but that's yeah, true. It, it's true. Uh, he was legless, literally legless. Yeah, he couldn't. couldn't. Literally. Yeah. They were nearly dead. I mean, well, well close to it. Close to it. Yeah. I should remind people that uh, Freddie's only with us because HG rescued him when he was drowning. Mm. It's a story we don't relate very often, but whenever Freddie's mentioned, I think of it. You're very kind, Roy. Uh, now. The, the interesting part of the, the article, he says here, while described as the drunkenest human being ever, uh, he was picked as kangaroo's captain the next day. <laughs> so maybe there is some. Don't know. Just finally here, HG, this comes from Paul. He doesn't say where he's from. Australia. Oh, yes, Australian, definitely. Oh, no, he says he's from Padstow in well, Sydney. Yeah which is good. Well, that's just right. It's just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, I write today over last week's live discussion about who should be appointed New South Wales Blues Rugby League coach beyond this year if Brad Freddie Fittler's contract is not renewed, as I suspect it won't be. I listened with interest to all the suggestion, was obviously shocked and awed with the ultimate choice that Queenslander Cameron Smith should be approached. Well, I still don't think that's the most sensible. Well, of course it's the most sensible. Mm. I mean, you want to get it, you want to get results... You go to someone who can deliver. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Who knows how to play rugby league? Who knows how to, yes, who knows how to manage a game? Manage a game, perfectly put. Perfectly. Whilst it's an excellent suggestion, I was left confused as to how could a Queenslander possibly coach the New South Wales Blues. Then a left field solution to this conundrum occurred to me whilst watching another Queensland pundit dole out their expertise and all things wrong with New South Wales on a weekly NRL chat program. The answer was. What if New South Wales had no coach at all? With all the technology at hand and the recent implosion of artificial intelligence, what if all the commentary and discussion on New South Wales team selections, player positions, etc., etc., especially those from expert Queenslanders such as Cronk, Gordy and Fatty, were fed into a computer algorithm and an artificial coach made all the decisions made on these expert opinions? All that would be required is a boffin with a mouse to run the program, print out the relevant information to give to the players, and away they go. There's 13 of them, and they're out there. <laughs> that's the most well, sensible bloody solution it, it, I think we've come up with. Okay, that's... Is that the future, though? It may well be the future. <laughs> Meaning that that's mm -hmm. not as silly as it sounds. It's not as silly as it sounds. I take, no. it, I take it that the recent spate of nude footy photos yes. is incorporated... Well, that's some... all AI. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, AI, AI. Yeah, so, and I've said years ago, as I mentioned earlier, that it's going to be possible to get Errol Flynn playing in a modern film with Marilyn Monroe delivering the sort of performances you'd want from them. Common question. Does Rugby League care about bowel cancer? Rugby League recommends all Australians have regular bowel checks. All clubs have free bowel checking facilities available to club members, their families and friends. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. 
now. Yeah. yeah just on the text yeah, here. Far away. Uh, 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 this is from Brisbane, Happy Rugby League. Just to quickly let, let you know that the local media is calling the Dolphins Titans match the Sunshine Bowl. That's a point of difference Isn't or point enough? of view. The Sunshine the Bowl. The Sunshine Bowl. That can work. That'll take. That'll take. Right. Right. I can see, you know, Sunshine people, Bowl T-shirts and, and people merchandise went, and what have you. Discount airfares to go up That's to the bowl. Right. Well, you're going to the bowl this year. Yeah. I certainly will be. Yep. See you at the bowl, mate. And then every year it'll be played on this weekend. What are we up to? The 8th of July? Yes. Might be the 9th of July tomorrow yep. when That's they right. play. Round, round 18. Round, the bowl! Oh, it's back on. And when they're both basket cases, oh, it'll be a great bowl. Yeah. Never mind where they're on the table. They always put in the bowl. <laughs> Now, where um, I've got to be honest here is mm. I'm not quite sure. Is it Seabus Stadium? Oh, let's say it is. Yeah, let's say it is. Seabus yeah. Stadium. Will, will the bowl always be at the bus? I suppose. I suppose. If the bus can afford it because, you know, the bowl could be shipped out. Bowl ah. could be anywhere. Bowl might be in yeah. Vegas next year. Or in year. Adelaide. Oh, right. I, I'm just saying. Bowl in Vegas. Well, they might have the bowl at the, you know, the Madison Garden Sphere. That's true. That's true. That'd be something because there you get what they describe as a sort of, uh, oh, I don't know, immersive experience. Ah, oh, perfectly put. Imagine the bowl as an immersive experience. And what would be great is if the match inside was broadcast on the video screen. Well, on it would the be on the oh, outside. Be. Totally immersive, either inside or out. You can't miss it. <laughs> now, just before we, just apropos of Vegas, and yeah. I must say, I had, had expected to be more more solid ground with who's going and who's playing. Yeah. Originally, it was going to be just the uh, the rabbits and the uh, the one that uh, the sea eagles. Sea eagles, yeah. Now there seems to be eight teams putting their hands up. At least eight teams. Eight teams. And the sensible ones aren't. I would have thought. Right. Because the complexity of this is sort oh, of man. It can only only four need to go. So there are going to be four games now. How no, many it's games? Only a they... doubleheader. Some will be disappointed at the sense. jump. Well, yeah. Well, if there are eight teams there and only four play, four teams are going to be really disappointed. Why did we come? Exactly. <laughs> to watch. Oh, no. And now we can go home. Yeah. Now, just coming back to a thing that you touched on before the break there was that uh, is it ever okay to mix alcohol and exercise? All right. Now, this is an elaborate Normally, story. no. Yeah, no, that's I true. I thought. Uh, this is a, I think Sneesby's paper got this. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, despite many people's love of celebratory beer after sports game, exercises and physiologists and nutrition experts strongly discourage drinking alcohol before, during or after exercise. Right. That's not a real well, surprise. Well, it dehydrates you, doesn't it? It it's does. It's an emetic or... It does. Yeah. It does. Mm. Uh, timing matters. Uh, yeah. Drinking after workout is mostly better than drinking before. Right. Uh, researchers say, but either way, space out the activities as much as possible. Drinking immediately before or or during a workout can dehydrate you, as you mentioned, yeah, yeah. elevate your heart rate, tire yeah. you out faster than usual, and slow the reflexes, generally making you feel awful. Yeah. Well, I thought this was, this was common knowledge. I mean, if you look at uh, advertising of beverages, HG, usually the alcohol is had at the end of the game. You don't say, oh, let's have a few beers before we go out. Although, you know, I feel like a, a thousand beers before a game of rugby. It doesn't work that way. No, no. Now, <clears throat> the difficulty is, a you know, you know, after you've won the Grand Prix, the, you know, you don't get the champagne out beforehand to spray the crowd. To spray no. the crowd. Although that I mean, would you be just look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, for every alcoholic beverage you consume, mm. a researcher's recommended drinking a glass of water or perhaps an electrolyte drink to prevent dehydration. Right. Uh, People used to drink milk to line the stomach so yeah. you could drink a lot more. The urban myth, I think. Yeah, probably. Urban myth. I don't think it helps with exercise. No, it wouldn't. Uh, you know, the, the idea that somehow you could drink 20 beers after you've drunk yeah. a pint of milk. Yeah. I'm not sure that that would help that much. Maybe if there was some sort of drink or product that, I don't know if you can get it or not, that you could uh, would line your stomach as a sort of semi-permeable membrane. No, now you're talking. So that uh, you could drink, say, half a dozen schooners and then go and have a game of rugby league and the effect would come on very, very gradually because, because of, the, of the, the semi, because of the membrane you, you've put not in. Really permeable. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Now, that, that's right. Am I right but it think... would be a difficult thing to make. Well, hang on. You know in a uh, coffee cup yep. that you get with a cup of coffee in it, predictably enough, yep. isn't the membrane in that the thing that you can't recycle, the reason why you can't recycle yes, those cups? generally speaking, yes. So you've got to take of, that, that out. That sort of waxy, yeah, waxy. Now, whatever, membrane Could you stuff. get that inside you, something like that? Well, I suppose so. I suppose so, yes, yes. Drink a litre of that. Yeah. Didn't the uh, former President of the United States suggest that you could uh, suck bleach into your lungs as a means of... Uh, dealing with... Dealing uh, with... Uh, COVID. COVID? Yeah, he was right. Way ahead of his time. <laughs> Way ahead difficult, of his time. difficult... Uh, yeah, bleach. Yeah, mm. that was his thing. Mm. Uh, My understanding of bleach is pretty no-nonsense. Very no-nonsense. <laughs> and remember, of course, that chemist in Gosford, he brokered the Terps and milk. That's right. Partly... Apropos of your solution there. That's right. The, ter- the milk obviously lined the stomach and the Terps was the this terps. slowly That's leaching right, slow into release. to kill off the bugs. Yep. I think they were uh, yeah. early versions of, you know, sure. COVID. But now, look, uh, I, I think a, a small sherry on a cold day can warm a player up and uh, improve. Produce a better result. Yeah. But it's got to be measured and you've got to be very careful about it. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know drinks we're talking about alcohol and, and sport. No, drinks and cricket. Drinks and cricket. Mm. You know, is well, it... I don't think it improves your eye as a batsman being legless. It doesn't. <laughs> Common question. Is it legal to play rugby league in the nude? Nude rugby league is legally practised in all states and territories bar South Australia, the Australian Capital Territory and Bruny Island. This is Bludging on the Blind Side, ABC Radio. Hello, this is Andrew Moore. Hope you can join us for Grandstand Rugby League. Straight after Bludging on the Blind Side, we've got a special day ahead too. We'll be calling from 3 o'clock here at the EG Whitlam Leisure Centre at Liverpool, the State Challenge, the wheelchair rugby league origin game between New South Wales and Queensland, and we'll be joined in commentary by the Australian Wheelaroos coach, Brett Clark, so that should be great fun, first time for us. I'll be with Luke Lewis and Michael Karianis, the regular pre-game show from 2 o'clock featuring former Queensland hardman and current assistant coach Nate Miles on the pre-game show. And then the NRL kicks in from 5.30 with Parramatta taking on the New Zealand Warriors. Should be a beauty at Western Sydney Stadium. And at 7.30 tonight, we'll call the game between South Sydney and Canterbury-Bankstown. That's all ahead on Grandstand Rugby League, straight after the champions, Roy and HG. Common question. Are rugby league players good drivers? Statistically, you are 8.7% safer in a vehicle being driven by a registered rugby league player. This is Bludging on the Blind Side.
Yes, Roy, a more correspondence. I just on the text says she uh, Cookie is suggesting that some sports are best played after a couple of schooners. Uh, Paul and uh, sorry, pool and lawn bowls are two ah, examples. Yeah, wasn't there a Canadian Bill Bill Big Bill Wubenick who oh, yeah, used to yeah. have to have a few grogs well, to play snooker? I understood twelve pints. Twelve pints. Put him right. in the zone. Yeah. But then... Rare, rare though, rare. I know. And remember at uh, different times, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, billiards is a game that largely because of the circumstances in which it plays yeah. is lend, lends itself to having a beer, yes. slow nature of play. Because it's social as much as social, anything else. Social, that's right. That's social. right. That's but, right. But in your top end professional, you don't, they don't drink, apart from Big Bill, of course. But no. generally speaking, they don't. Well, I've lost touch with the. Well, uh, me I've, too. Got, I've got to be honest. Me here. too. Maybe there's a revolution happening out there, and, and they're and people are staring drinking. around everywhere. <laughs> you know, tearing the beige with the yes, with the, <laughs> with with the, the uh, bridge, mm. and then of course you've got darts. Oh, darts lends yeah. itself to a couple well, of years, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you see, steadies the hand. Oh, I suppose it does. <laughs> yeah. Although why? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't understand I made the that science up. there, but it seemed right. Uh, now, uh, Gary is suggesting, he says, well, I hope you would excuse golf from this exercising grog, exercise grog ban. If not, I have a great set of golf clubs for sale. Hmm. Oh, I don't hard. know about a few beers playing golf. Oh, it'd be hard. Oh, that'd be hard. You're just making it hard for yourself. Yeah, I know. It's hard enough as it is. Yeah. Um, look, the, the, thing, the great thing is, um, you know, there's suggestions here, don't forget to eat, avoid sugary cocktails. Sugary uh, cocktails. You know, the, apparently the sugar gives you a spike yeah. in the energy. And then what, if you're going to have a few beers, don't eat sugar beforehand? Is that what uh, they're suggesting? Uh, or if you're going to play sport, don't have sugar? I think that the more general comment. Right. okay. Um, and, of course, the food, is a, it's got to be a balanced diet, right. carbohydrates, protein, yes. can't have any fun anymore. Right. And uh, <laughs> then eating is equally as important. Post-workout two, the 30 minutes after the workout are crucial to the body's recovery. Right. During that uh, window, the body needs to replace the fluid and fuel it lost and the muscles are primed to receive it at uh, that time. We'd now, call that a warm down. A warm down. Now, yeah. somebody suggested that the people on the tour, the Tour of France at the moment, oh, yeah. have this really weird life where they expend so much energy in the short period of time, relatively speaking, that they're on the bike each day, yeah. that they have to take the rest of the day off to recover Completely yes. or restore the lost energy for the ride the next day. That's right. And rest is very important. It is, it is. I, I, I know uh, certain tennis players, actually, when it's very, very hot, often have to go to hospital and be put on a saline drip. Well, remember. Straight after the match. Joe Root and the Sydney Test a couple well, of years ago. Same deal there. I know. Yeah, it he collapsed with the heat. 52 degrees it, it was. was. No, and that was uh, when Mitchell Marsh scored his last ton. Is that prior right? Prior to this week. Yeah. Oh, wow. Go figure. Yeah. Well. I was there. I was there By too. By golly, it was hot. It was hot. Now, look, um, we come back to the problem of New South Wales blues all the time. Yes. Uh, as you mentioned, a decision on whether New South Wales coach Brad Fittler keeps his job won't be made until October. Really? <clears throat> that's the according to the... Why uh, the delay? That's the well, sneeze piece paper. 20 minutes after the Wednesday night's final siren would be the Try time. 20 minutes before. <laughs> really put the boys on their toes. Mm. As... You know, you're going out there, Roy's going to say a few words. Yeah, yeah Freddie's fired. Off you shoot. Now, uh, but uh, let's see, uh, made till October. But there are early indications that his contract will be extended because there are no discernible alternatives. Right. That's Sneesby's view. Right. No discernible. No. We've listed about 20. 20. I mean, okay. The Cam's, AI is the 
That, that, that's the, the interesting one. I that's think. the one that's I'd a really suggestion. give it a go to. Yeah. Really go to. Yeah. Um, see, um, Cam, I think quite rightly, is signed on to Maroons for this one. Is he signed? But I would certainly. Is he I signed? Think, I just thought he was doing it as a gratuity. Just, look, can I just say, I think it's worth a phone call. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to Cam. To Cam. Look, we know you're signed on this week yeah. uh, for the Blues. How about next year you come across to the Maroons? Sure. And w- what we're interested in is three matches. That's all. That's all. And we won't lock you down to having, no. you know, too much And you can to pick do. whatever players you want. Yeah. You pick yeah. whatever trainers you like. Yeah. You, you can right. pick the venues. Yeah. Well, you support we, we, people. Support people. Yeah. If you want to bring Lockie, right. no problem. Yeah. And the uh, other thing to ask him would be, Cam... If Cam, if Cam, you don't want to do it, and you are contracted to work with Billy down the track, could you suggest some names for us <laughs> who you think could do a, a job as good as you? Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of Slater, the Maroons coach, mm-hmm. according to this article, Slater is so meticulous in his preparation; he spends hours in his home theatre room, yes. poring over video of players from every angle, mm-hmm. including those, those provided by Spider Cam, the aerial camera above the field. Right. He did the same deep dive analysis when he was playing fullback. Really, so it's really great study, great student of the game. Really? Who provides him with all this footage? Actually? I would say Where's he's he got a helper, full time helper. What a uh, helper within the. Channel NRL. Nine community. Well, because they, they'd be the only, or Fox, they'd be the only ones with all the cam cameras you're talking about. Yeah, but remember, of course, Channel Nine plays the game north of the border as well, yeah. in Maroon Land. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I know that. But he'd have to make the phone call to Sneezeby's offsider. Off-sider. Yeah, got to And say, look, I want all your spider cam, all your footage, yes. all your foot. Can I have it all now? Yeah, that's right. Of every game. Well, yeah. that's a big ask. Who's <laughs> going to sit down and present it? That takes time. Who pays for that? Well, Sneezeby's not. No, that's true. Well, I would imagine. I the QRL. The QRL, yes. Right. Yes. Now, well, I wonder how much they pay for that. Quite a lot. Right. Now, then it comes to the problem of dealing with the media. Mm. Uh, and um, so here we have. Oh, the boycott you're talking about. Well, wait a minute. I'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, it says that. Uh, it was. It was. Fitler hasn't somehow the media's turned on Freddie, and I don't like yeah. it. I've got to be honest here. I mean, the bloke's only trying. I mean, he doesn't have to do it. That's what people forget. True. He doesn't have to do it. No. He did it as a favour. He put his hand up. Thanks very much. He came in in a crisis, at a crisis for New South Wales. He put he, his hand up, but this time he didn't shout help. He said, no. "I'm here to help." Correct. Now remember, of course, where this story starts yep. is hogs for the homeless. Did he roamed around New South Wales on the ho- on the uh, you know the chopper on the uh, you know Harley Davidson, looking for places to re-turf and put on a barbecue and talk to people about what they felt and what he, he found took was, soundings, soundings, perfect. And what he found was in his soundings that people in New South Wales hated New South Wales Blues because they never won. Yeah. So he thought, well, somebody's got to do something about this. He yeah. cast around yeah. and there was no one but him who could do it. That's right. Because the NRL, sorry, the NSWRL mm. has a edict that nobody coaching a current team can do it. That's right. So he was, you know, anyway, it was 25 <sighs> times written that I actually looked at. I looked up their name and it was quoted being the, uh, you know, to being dropped by New South Wales. That's an agenda, meaning that people want to get rid of him and they wrote it up 25 times. Right. So he's reading that. That's an agenda. 25 times. I feel something is happening. Uh, I just don't think it's the best for New South Wales team, necessarily the narrative that people are trying to drive. Right. So, you know, then the uh, writer of this article says, uh, 
for Sneesby, why would Fittler bury himself in the weeds and that kind of stuff? He tells the players to stay away from social media. It's affecting their mental health. But then he worries himself with a bogus narrative about how he's being set up by others. He preaches the benefits of breathing and meditation when he's driving his car. He often listens to podcasts featuring Eckhart Tolle, that well-known German spiritual rugby league player from yesteryear, a self-help author who advocates living in the moment. Instead of living in the now, Fittler is barking about irrelevant stories from last year. The likes of Wayne Bennett, Phil Gould and Mal Meninga wouldn't flinch at this stuff and they'd use it to their advantage. But Freddie seems to be knocked over. Surely Fittler has been around long enough as a player, coach and commentator to understand that making left-field selections, then losing origin matches and series, will bring some sort of heat. Yeah. When Fittler or his coaching staff dismiss valid questions, these are matters uh, as an agenda or rude or disrespectful. Do they consider they're also dismissing the thousands of supporters who are asking similar things? Yeah. Like why is Addo Carr selected? Yes. Or why does Bradman Best yeah. all suddenly bother? Why do you pick a bloke, you, you hardly use him, and you don't pick him again? Yeah, Nico Hines. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where do we get to with this? I mean, he's sort of saying well, that... Well, do, do, does he... So he doesn't want any scrutiny, any media scrutiny. Well, that's going to happen. Comes with the turf. Yeah. And he knows that he's in the media. Exactly. He's part of the people who scrutinise everyone else. That's right. So then we compare it with the cricket and we see the way that Cummins responds to the media. He tends to take all the questions. He does. And uh, gives them sort of a a, a genuine response. He does. And this comes to the players who are now... Uh, wanting to boycott media commitments yes. as part of some imbroglio <sighs> to do with pay war yeah. and the Rugby League Players Association. That's right. Now, where does this get us? Well, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know. Um, Stiggy, of course, Stiggy Stewart, he thinks the players are being used. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Being used. Look, my understanding is that for years now, since 2017 or 18, the Players Association have been c- trying to come together with the NRL, the ARL, the QRL, everybody, country, rugby league, everyone. The Saudi of, RL. The Saudi RL to get a com- collective bargaining agreement. Yes. A, collect- a CBA. Yeah. Now, there seem to be a couple of sticking points. Three. <laughs> One, the issue of private health insurance. Is that covered by the individual player? Or, or is that play covered by the rugby league? Now, that's a very telling point. It is a telling point. In the current climate. Yes. With CTE and so on. That, they, that's right. Know, obviously. Very much so. Very mm. much so. Mm. Some are going to argue, look, you're paid enough to look after your own health insurance. Others are going to say, look, it's an enormous risk you're taking, your mental health, et cetera, et cetera, your sanity, uh, your future. Uh, maybe the risk should be shared in some way with the rugby league. Don't know. Do you think there's a backstory there that insurers are very reluctant yes, to? Mm. Very much so. Put your hand up and tell, tell you know, your insurer that, that I, I, a couple of things. Uh, yeah. Look, I smoke a lot, I drink a lot, and I play rugby league. Well, yeah, I know. Look somewhere else. For a profession. Is what they're going to say. Yeah. Look somewhere else. What do you else. do for a profession? Yeah. They're going to ask. They are. The second issue is a sensible transfer system. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Well, see, the transfer system is a Bloody nightmare. Yeah. you got someone saying, oh, no, well, because the coach has changed, I'm gonna, I, I change. don't want to play here anymore. Yeah. You know, weird things. Mm. So they want somehow this to be standardised so that there's certainty for clubs, certainty for players, certainty for coaches, and most importantly, certainty, certainty for, for, for fans. The, yeah, the public. 
the public, who are yeah. often the forgotten people here. Yeah, yeah. And thirdly, they want an independent mediator. Ah. That's the sticking, that's one of the sticking points. I've suggested Stuart Littlemore. Loves his rugby league. He's a KC. He knows the law. He'd be f- perfect. Or the person who did the robo-debt inquiry. Oh, yes, she very, was great. Very measured person. Very, very measured. Very, yes. very measured approach. Yes, yes. But oh. I think it needs someone of that calibre. Can I just say, though, that what worries me about that, having mentioned the robo-debt inquiry, is yes. that people are saying, well, they're wrong. What, what that... the people who are accused of no, no, I meant the, the people who are in the, in the, uh, in the spotlight yeah, that's what are I mean. saying the commission is wrong. Well, of course they're going to say that, especially if they're guilty. <laughs> Rugby League believes in freedom of worship, freedom of belief, freedom of speech and the inalienable right to participate in Rugby League-based activities without fear of criticism, judgment or implied prejudice. In future, vote one, Rugby League. Now, just coming to the uh, match on Wednesday, uh, obviously... Immortal Combat, Andrew Johns. Great title for his column. I know I made that observation Immortal before. Immortal Combat? I know. Immortal Combat. With a K. Well, that's fantastic. I know. Clever. See, see draws that, attention to itself. I know. And, and, it's a, a, and delivers. Delivers. Thanks. Yeah. And the other thing is, is they say, you know, rugby league players can do anything. Well, that just proves how true that. That's right. That theory is. Just give them a go. Exactly. The Blues haven't got the results in the past two years, according to Immortal Combat. You can't argue with that. And But sometimes you have to tip your hat to Queensland and say, uh, they've been exceptional under Billy Slater, especially this year. Now, this is a complete turnaround from where the standoff, the brotherly standoff between Immortal Combat and Matty is. Yep. Because the problem was, was that Matty praised the Queensland setup. And that got up the nose of, of Joey. Combat man. And now Joey's accepted that position and saying, hats off. Hats Billy, off. hats tip off the Queensland. Hat. Tip the hat. Gee, you don't often hear that in rugby league. You, you don't. Tip, tip the hat. I mean, no one wears a hat. No. <laughs> Unless it's a peaked hat. <laughs> now, when you look at their spine, he mentions Reese Walsh, Cameron Munster, Wally Lewis. You're playing like Wally Lewis, Dale Cherry Evans, best form his career, Harry Grant and Ben Hunt working in town as a formidable lineup. One thing I do know is that Freddie has prepared his teams as best as possible could in six years. He's been in charge of the Blues. That's interesting. They're better prepared now. They're losing by more, but they're better prepared for it. Right. <laughs> so the, what the point being that there aren't there aren't 13 players in who New South Wales better. who can do any better. Yeah, that's right. doesn't matter what you did with them. Doesn't Correct. Matter, Correct. Take I, them out, I, get them legless, yeah. do whatever you like. It's not mm. going to work. He's made changes when he feels appropriate and there's no way the New South Wales team won't give it all for game three. Uh, but he's suggesting not, what's tacit there is they can give it all but it's never going to be good enough because they're not good enough. Correct. Is that what he's suggesting? Correct. I think that's the short of it. He's that's preparing the, the, the state for, dis- for He's preparing the state for, for disappointment. disappointment. Not just for the state but for the coach. There's, there's no such thing as a dead rubber in origin. This is immortal combat talking. For the Blues, they've just got to do whatever it takes. He likes the idea Cody Walker's back in the team. Good. Uh, structured play, no better play in the NRL. I've said it before, he's the closest Cliffy Lions. I'm really excited the debutants, well, who wouldn't be best in Kolomitangi, yes. as well as their families. Oh, good, yes, their families. I'm not sure how the families... Well, the families help. would be proud, proud as punch. Wow. They would. They'd be talking to neighbours. Did you hear about the boy? What? He's picked a play for the Blues. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right. Who's he replaced? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Doesn't he want to play anymore? 
Why won't Trell play? <laughs> I've noticed Cody makes sure he sits next to Bradman in the team meetings and video sessions to ensure they're on the same page. I right. That's how you did it. Okay. It's a real positive for New South Wales. I remember playing uh, under-19s games alongside Bradman's dad, Roger. Roger Best. Right. Can you remember Roger no, Best? No, I don't remember no. Roger Best. It's such a great honour for Bradman to now pull on a sky blue jersey and his name has been part of the conversations throughout this series, even before game one. It's his time to shine. Gee, he's got all the cliches yes, lined up. Yes, he has time to shine. I like that. I always found game three was a difficult one. <laughs> Especially if you're two down and you still want to win the series. Sure. <laughs> It's a conundrum. It can keep you awake at night. <laughs> if the series is one on the line or not, you've already been through two emotionally draining matches, mm. and if you haven't been rested by your club, the niggles start to take hold. It can be tough to get yourself up. Yeah, oh yeah. You know a way, though. A couple of beers. Very <laughs> much, sir. Now, New South Wales might uh, have only two or three sessions on the field this week, but that won't be an excuse. This is an important origin game. They all are. Yeah, well, what a that's, great article. I know, that's your combat man. Yeah, he's really thought about that one. He has. That must have been difficult to write. You know, he must I have had to just put himself in the right frame of mind. Sit down, look, I'm ready, let's go. Let's tip the hat to <laughs> and then you're away. Well, you see, the tip the hat is yeah, the key. It is the key. <laughs> and then the idea of a couple of, uh, well, Players yeah. and they trigger memories. They Roger, do. the dad, yep. didn't didn't dwell on that. Just no. and then I'm thinking, well, no. Roger he best. mentioned King Wally. That's yeah, always King, nice. Yeah, I know. Always... I've got to look at, uh, King Wally. Now, who when yeah. did he play? I got to look right. that up. That's right. All of a sudden, I'm engaged. That's right. And then uh, emotionally draining. Emotionally I think, draining. Oh, I hope not, because yep. we want him to be fit and sure. lively of body and mind. That's right. Don't want emotions getting in the road. Yep. And as you point out, you know, they're uh, best and Golomatangi, yep. they're families. Families. I mean, thank goodness he remembered that because you could easily gloss that over and think, sure. other player, you know. Yes. A lot of players think, oh, well, I bet they wouldn't tell their family. Well, they do. <laughs> it's the sort of stuff you do share with your family. However, can I point out that if you were, I mean, I don't want to mean. Yeah come down on these players, but if you thought, oh, cripes, we're going to lose again and yeah. people are going to ask. I'm part of a losing team. I oh, know, I've got to go oh, out there I've and try I've got to work with Freddie. Oh, Freddie, yeah. Yeah. Freddie. Yeah. Freddie. I, look, it could cut both ways. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I understand what your point is. Because the other thing is that they might surprise. They, they, it might be wonderful. You know, Cody might. Yeah, get a couple of tries. Get a couple of tries and set something back. up and wind the clock back and organise. They might look as if they've got some direction. They might uh, There might be a bit of passion there. There might be a bit of hatred. And you might find a number of players start to think, well, we can do this. We can do this and I'm playing for the people. The people of the New people South Wales. The people of New South Wales. Oh, That's yeah. me. I'm playing for the people. And? And I'm winning yeah. for the people because I am the New South Wales and I'm blue and I'm a winner. Six Again is a collection of Rugby League's jazz classics. 24 great tunes that capture the magic of the greatest game of all. From the Katoni Stags Trio featuring Matt Dufty on flute. Out now on Monster Music, the blindside label. I want to win because I want to show New Queensland that we've got floods in New South Wales, we've yes. had bushfires in New South Wales, yes. we've got snakes here, we've yep. got redback spiders, and we care. We care. Mm. Now, and, said, and Queenslanders are just rubbish. That'll do. That'll do it. That's the That's message. Now, that might be Freddie's last word. Just remember, boys, you're playing rubbish. Treat them like rubbish. 
Might work. That, that'd be the total speech, I reckon. Yeah. Have you got something on the text there or do I move on? Uh, no, nothing, nothing no, really. Okay, that's right. Terrific mm-hmm. stuff on the text, but not germane. Okay. Now, John Hopper, the man who bought proctology to rugby league, rates son Albert the kindest of his 11 kids. The kindest? The kindest. And uh, he's even nicer than uh, Will. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I just uh, wish Albert uh, was a bit more like me, as in, you know. Mean. Yeah, exactly. I mm. want him to play with a bit more anger and grunt. The 22-year-old, uh, obviously... Uh, so is this a seed that's blown from the tree? It's blown a fair way from the tree. Wow. That doesn't often happen. No. Now, I think he was named in the match last night. He did. He did play. Stadium. Yeah, yeah, he played for uh, for the uh, Raiders, yeah. The Raiders. He was he named in the quite run, well. run on side. Yeah. And uh, did, was there any evidence of grunt? Oh, look, I don't think he stood out. He was pretty professional in what he did. Uh, he didn't drop. He didn't drop the ball. I don't think he created any penalties. I think he just did, did his job. Did his job. So did his job. <clears throat> you know, in a very <clears throat> pleasant, honest way. So there was he, no nonsense. He didn't go looking for someone's date to fiddle with. Didn't, he didn't toxic salmon the referee. No, nothing of that. No, no gobbing off. Good. Now, what's interesting here is, is when you're writing a column like this, you have to then explain Hopewide Senior. Yeah. So uh, had a con- he had a controversial career, uh, winning a premiership with Manly in 96. That's right. Representing Australia and New South Wales, but also serving a total of 45 weeks in suspensions, which yeah. included the infamous uh, 12-match ban when he opened the surgery, unfortunately, in the middle of a game. Yes. Now, Hopewade's oldest son, Jamil, is in jail, while the younger brother, Will, who plays now with the Super League St Helens, the reigning championships, yep. has always been regarded as the most likeable Hopewade, and Albert is threatening his title. I didn't realise there was a likeable Hopewade. I didn't know that either. <clears throat> is that good to know? There is. There is. There's a show in that for uh, for the uh, storm to look at, the, yeah. the eye of the storm, who is the most likeable Hopewade. What a great What a great setting. show and, that would be because you could interview them all and have uh, neighbours come in. And, oh, well, I really like Albert. You know, he's such a lovely bloke. He came around. You know, and my bin was knocked over and he stood it up for me. <laughs> and gave me some chocos. He gave me some chocos. I didn't yeah. want the chocos, no. so I put them in the bin. That's right. That's right. There'd be all sorts of insights like that. That'd be great. And does he practice rugby league yeah. in the backyard? All the time, all the time. Mm. Does yeah. he clean his own sho- shoes and shorts? Yeah, he does. Boots? Don't like the old man. He's a bit mean. He's a bit grumpy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you like him as And a he player? got me down and fiddled about with me and, it was, you know. Wasn't pleasant. Wasn't pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, a, well, there's a show in it. Yeah, the um, they'd have to be agreeable though. You'd have to, you'd have to get their consent. You couldn't just make the show without them. Just well, talk just, about them, you know. Hang on, can I just give you two initials? <laughs> just just buttonhole them every day. AI. Oh, the AI. Maybe the AI Hopperwadis. Yeah, really. Even funnier. Even weirder. <laughs> 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 now, they'd be all in jail. <laughs> now, uh, on that sobering note, it's time to pack up the Bludging on the Blind Side desk for another week and we'll stand up as we leave Bludging on the Blind Side this week and ask you to remind you that the podcast will be up in a very short amount of time after we pull up stumps. And remember to join us next week at the same time, same place for more Bludging on the Blind Side. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. 
Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.